I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Okay, Sarah, when we saw this question, we were like, this is juicy, we have to dive into it. Yes, and a bit different to what we've tackled so far as well. Okay, I'm going to read it. This was sent in from someone who'd like to be kept anonymous. Hi, Sarah and Jen. I'm a maker who has been running my own business for three years now and everything is going well. I'm making regular sales from my Etsy shop and some custom projects from my website too. And I have a small but really supportive community on Instagram too. The only problem is I'm struggling to make ends meet. Even with consistent sales, I just can't seem to make enough money. Everyone says I should charge more, but I'm worried what people will think and if they can afford me. Please help. So pricing. This is one of my favorite topics to dig into. And it's also very emotional. Yeah. Like whenever money comes up, it comes up with a whole lot of baggage. Absolutely. And, and immediately that thought of what will people think? What are people thinking about me as a human based on what I charge for my products as a business owner? It's a tangled web. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's your journey been so far with pricing? Well, I kind of have a good understanding of pricing because of my business studies yeah. background. So I brought that to the table right from the off and kind of had a sense of where I wanted to go. But Jen, you know that before every launch, I have this huge wobble and send you an email saying, is my price wrong? Is everything wrong? What What do you think? And have to be talked down from the ledge. So I can completely relate to the floundering that people do around pricing. And I've still, I have to say like, I still test things out and I've still made mistakes, I think, where I've priced things too low and people haven't valued things enough. Or maybe I've priced things too high and had to up the offer of what I give with that. Yeah, I've had such a funny journey with pricing. Like whenever I tell people what I used to charge when I first started, they were like, no. Like yeah. I used, I think I charged £160 for like six sessions of me. <laughs> Just to measure that against, I now charge over £2,000 for tw- 10 sessions. So I've had a really funny journey with pricing where I've really had to own my worth. I've really had to find confidence in my pricing. I do think at the beginning for me, I did myself a service, I think, by charging so low because I built up my experience. Yes. That gave me the confidence to charge more. And my pricing's always increased incrementally. And I actually have no regrets about that. However, I now couldn't run the business I have today if I wasn't making very confident, clear pricing decisions. So I completely get where this letter writer is coming from because for me, the reasons I, I struggled over the years to put my prices up was what if I'm too expensive? What if people don't think I'm worth it? What if I seem like arrogant or greedy? Just all the money stories that we tell ourselves. I think let's not underestimate how emotional of a journey this is. But at the end of the day, we're running a business and a business has very clear numbers. We're making profit or we're not making profit. We're surviving or we're not surviving. We can pay the bills or we can't pay the bills. Absolutely. And your price point is a part of your marketing as much as everything else you do, which can feel really weird and alien, I think, when you first hear it. Um, especially if you've not like studied business in that capacity. Mm-hmm. But like a prime example that they always use in business classes is Dyson, the vacuum makers, deliberately came onto the market at a high price point to persuade their customers that they were high quality products. And if they'd come in and been really competitive against like the own brand vacuum cleaners you could get in the Argos catalogue, they wouldn't be the company they are now and they wouldn't have had the capital to invest and develop different products. Yeah, it's so funny. We literally have a Dyson Hoover downstairs that we just, I think we spent like 300 pounds on it. And I remember telling my mum and she was like, 300 pounds? 
Hoover. And I was like, yeah, but mom, it's amazing. And then just the other day she rang me and she was like, tell me more about this Hoover. (laughs) (laughs) But, and it's so funny, that journey of really accepting that my pricing was making a statement about my services was a huge acceptance for me because I was in the mindset of thinking that the lower I charge, the better I must come across. Whereas the truth is, I've been doing this for four years now. It's it's important that I my pricing represents the experience I've had. And if I was pricing really low, I would be doing my work a disservice. And also I would not be showing my clients what I'm capable of from the minute they see my pricing. Absolutely. And that's been a huge journey for me to go and to even believe that I am worthy of charging what I charge. And I, so I just think if anyone's listening and they're also feeling like sick to their stomach when they think about charging... I've been on this journey and I'm still on it. Just the other day, my friend came around and we were talking, she's a business owner too, and we were talking about pricing and I was saying, oh, well, you know, once I get to this other certain number, that's my ceiling. I can't go more than that. And she she like called me out on my bullshit. She was like, why? And I was like, oh, I couldn't charge more than that. And she, you know, she lovingly called me out on my bullshit and I've been thinking about it since. Why have I told myself that? Yeah. How can there possibly be a number that's the absolute limit when you as a as a practitioner are constantly evolving and what you offer is constantly evolving and I don't know if our letter writer can relate to this but for me it was it's a story of you're not worthy of that you'll never be capable of that that's too much I think this is all rooted in our childhoods I think what we were exposed to around money and what stories we were told around money and for me it's very rooted in my first adult experiences with money as well that has shaped our relationship with money and so I think pricing it's a business decision but it's also a bigger relationship that you have with money because if you're bad with your pricing you're probably also not doing great with your money management either that's really true and I think it works for our customers as well especially with a service-based business like you and I have where and I'm sure you've encountered this Jen and anyone listening with a service-based business will feel familiar with it too part of what people gain by investing in a coaching package or a class is the accountability Mm -hmm. of their conscience saying you've spent some money on this. And what happens if I've given away free places, maybe people have won them in giveaways or I've given it to someone to try out. Those are the people who are least likely to complete the class because they don't have that sense of investment in it. They don't have that sense of they've worked to get here, they've saved the money and they're now ready to take it. If something is given to us too easily or too cheaply, we don't value it in the same way. And that can have real world implications for how we use or enjoy that product like it's not purely a theoretical thing this can have an impact on whether your clients have a good outcome from being coached by you or not because they invest in it more if they've paid more yeah completely and I just there's just you know from this letter I there's just so many stories we tell ourselves about money she said here I'm struggling to make ends meet even with consistent sales I can't seem to make enough money everyone says I should charge more but I'm worried about what people will think and if they can afford me and there's a story there yeah there's a story around how much she's allowed to charge and what she thinks people can afford and I smiled when I read this because me and Alex my husband we've just moved into our new home which we're sitting in right now with Sarah and I was thinking about getting some like a a woven wall hanging thing I mean I didn't pick one in the end because I'm still kind of getting used to having to buy things for a bigger place but I was like I wouldn't have winced at all paying more money for something like that I think, a handmade product. Yes, this is actually really funny. If I have seen something that was £100 and something that was £20, I would value the £100 one so much more. And we see examples of that all the time. You know, aspirational brands, we like to buy bread from Whole Foods in London instead of buying it from the co-op around the corner. And it's all about value and perceived value and it's it's marketing but it doesn't have to be dirty marketing sometimes what your work is worth is really what it's worth yeah yeah completely and I think there's a big layer of 
giving yourself permission to make good money as a business owner. And I think this is such an icky conversation because, I mean, we're British, so we're scared of being greedy and talking about money, but it's not wrong to want a sustainable income from your business. I'm going to say that again. It's not wrong to want a sustainable income from your business, but so many of us fight against this. We just feel so lucky to be able to work for ourselves that we don't feel like we're allowed to go above a surviving limit. And, you know, this letter writer who's shared here, she's she's making sales. Something's stopping her from adjusting her business model to work better for her. I really do believe deep down is she telling herself she's not allowed to do that. You and I both have this, I think, Jen, as well, because we came from fairly working class, mm-hmm. lower middle class roots. And certainly for me, my connotations of money are tied to politics as well, that a certain right wing branch of politics is more likely to have money. Mm-hmm. And that's not the side of politics that I tend to affiliate myself with. So for me, as a business owner, as I've started to make really good money over the last couple of years, I've had to wrestle with that and really come to terms with this idea that how much money I'm earning does not define who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And if I can stay the same kind of of person but have increased money increased flexibility increased choice and increased power is eventually what it translates to is having some money hopefully I can make a bigger positive impact on the world because of that and that is a good thing and not necessarily a force for evil completely it's it's reframing the stories you tell yourself about money, about people who have money, about people who want money, about people who make money. I mean, for me, the biggest story I've always told myself is that I'm bad with money. I'm just because I got into a lot of credit card debt when I was like 18 and could get a credit card. And so for me, it's always you're bad with money. And like you, I grew up like my parents didn't have a ton of money and they're very liberal, like, you know, the labor till they die. And so it's just kind of you've grown up in this world where money isn't around you in many ways. And so if it hasn't been modeled to you to choose more for yourself than just scraping by you have to enter a new space to show yourself that you're allowed to make money and I think especially I imagine it's actually quite harder for makers because you're selling something with a less clear value exchange I think than a course that's not the truth that's the story you tell yourself in your head yes it can feel that way and it can feel that way to customers as well I think but also it can go the other way that some people value possessions more than experience and knowledge and yet what we find when people buy online is quite often people will buy something in the hope that it will change their life or something about their life and of course can sometimes communicate that offer more easily than a product yeah and then and taking it to products I know for me if I'm feeling really uncomfortable say I've put some weight on I'll buy a dress because it looks great on the model on ASOS and I'll think when I put this on I'm gonna feel so great and then it comes my body's still the same body (laughs) yeah the real work is just accepting my body so it's it's just it's different across the board and I think I think ultimately though with pricing your business makes a decision for you and what I mean by that is you need to make a certain amount of money to survive. As a maker, it costs you to make these products. So you've got two clear numbers here. How much does it cost you to make this? And how much profit do you need to survive? And maybe you've not sat down and do those numbers. My advice would be sit down and figure out how much money do you need your business to make you a year to be a sustainable business? How much to live? How much to save for tax? How much for your own savings? How much for your own pension savings, student loan repayments? Get so clear about how much money you need from your business and then figure out your profit margin on your products that's your answer already there for you. That's already going to tell you the minimum of what you need to charge if this business is going to make enough money for you to survive. Right. And once you've got that number, you have two choices. You either sell more or you charge more. Yes. And I'm going to make a guess here that as you're a maker, and it sounds like you're already quite busy with commissions and things, you probably can't feasibly be making more without really starting to eat into your quality of life. 
So I think the friends around you who are saying to charge more are probably right. I was saying to Jen earlier, last year I was a judge at the Molly Makes Awards, which is awards for handmade businesses in the UK. And there were so many incredible small business owners who came and presented to us that day, making all kinds of different things and really talented. But the one consistent thing that I saw again and again and again was the these people were all undercharging. They were undervaluing their own time. Mm. In a lot of cases, people weren't even breaking even. So by the time that they'd paid for all the materials, their shipping, the Etsy listing, the time it takes to do that, maybe the electricity and everything that you need to heat your house in order to make that, by the time they'd accounted for all of that, they were making a loss on every sale. It sounds so obvious, but it's so easy to do unless you've sat down and done that maths for yourself. And you need to know the unit price for you to create every single thing that goes into that Etsy shop so that you're then able to add your profit margin and bring all of your marketing and everything onto the same message so you're communicating the value and the worth of that product right from the get-go. Completely. And I think also, you know, I I work a lot with service-based business owners or kind of creatives. Makers are probably the smallest group of people I work with, but I do work with some. And some of the work we do when they're in a similar situation here that our letter writer is in is you kind of have to be a little discerning and take the emotions out of it because you might have a product line or something in your business that you love but that can never actually be profitable in the way you need it to be Mm. so it's kind of putting your business hat on and being really honest with yourself around your business doesn't just exist for you anymore it has a marketplace it it has customers it also needs to sustain you so it's kind of putting your business hat on and being like what's working what isn't because for example custom projects you're going to be able to charge more money for custom projects. But right now, where are you putting your focus and your energy into? So it's kind of building a business model that supports you to make the money you need without compromising on the core things that bring you joy. But sometimes, you know, you've been doing this for three years. Maybe a change in business model could be something to explore because you don't just want to keep tweaking what you've built. There's a better way to have something to. Absolutely. And again, kind of thinking back to those presentations I saw last year, it's going to be at the Molly Makes Awards again next week. So I'm probably going to come back with more stories like this <laughs> to share with you all. But there were people who were had one really standout, fantastic product, but had diluted their line with all kinds of other products mm-hmm. that were fun because these are creative people who got into doing this business because they love to create but maybe had been putting all their energy and time into this really extensive, diverse line when they could have just been doing one or two things really spectacularly well. I always remember a conversation I had with Camilla, who works at Folksy, which for people who don't know, is kind of a British handmade equivalent of Etsy. And she talked about how, say you're a photographer or an artist, you charge X amount for a print. As soon as you put that thing from that print onto an object, you decrease the value. So you can charge... 40 quid for a print that goes on your wall but if you put that same print on a tote bag Mm. people might not pay more than 20 pounds for it now that seems really counterintuitive and I think if you're not thinking of things from a marketing perspective you can really easily lose sight of that you can say this print is selling really well at 40 pounds I'll use that print on more things I'll make a line of mugs and t-shirts and everything else and then suddenly find that not only is your shipping cost gone higher because these are big physical products but your profit margin has dropped right down because the cost of producing it is higher and the price you can charge for it is higher. So we have to really look at things in the kind of nuts and bolts business pricing strategy angle of things and take out our own creative whims and our own kind of 
partly some of the joy of it like there's definitely joy in creating those different product lines but finding that balance if you're not profitable yeah even if just for an hour you take the emotions out of it and have a really honest conversation with yourself because at the end of the day this is a business and if you're saying I'm struggling to make ends meet there's nowhere to go from there apart from make a change there because you have to make ends meet you're a human being who needs to you know survive in the world and also your creativity in the long run will be stifled if you are struggling financially it's not it's not a place where you can do your best work from I don't believe if you have the capacity to make a change there absolutely and I think that fear that your existing customers will be priced out is really relatable mm-hmm. and it's a real fear and it's, it's a real possibility you know you appeal to one market in one price bracket if you have to drastically increase your prices and go into a different market you may find that some of your marketing has to change, but there will still be a market for what you're creating. You can trust that because there's a market for it at its current price. And if you're charging more, you don't need to make as many sales in order to make the same amount of money you're making right now. Yeah, it may just take some repositioning yeah. and a different approach to your brand. I also think uh, one of the things I had read when I was first starting my business was it's not our business to make any assumptions about anyone else's financial situation so one of the things I see a lot of my clients struggle with is they start to get a lot of anxiety say they have got good pricing but when they get anxiety once a client or a customer's paid something for them and they start to put a lot of weight on that figure mm-hmm. and I I have something I've had to work on a lot over the years is to not make a lot of space in my head for the investment someone's made. And what I mean by that is if I'm bringing to the table every time I have a coaching call with someone, but you've paid me all this money (laughs) and I've got to do this, I'm not showing up from a pure place of service. No. So I also think we can't control what other people can and cannot afford and can spend. That's not our business. No, it's it's not our business to question what they spend their money on. If they choose to buy from us, then it's our duty to fulfill our promise. Yeah, and, and, I, more. and I just think for you, there comes a moment when your business ultimately, ultimately has to work for you. And that fear of what will people think, I wonder if that's a self-imposed fear, not something you're actually getting from other people, because I've never looked at someone's prices and ever, I don't look at people's prices and just think, who the hell do they think no. they are? That doesn't go through my head. Never. I never take it to mean something about who they are as a person, but I will quite often take it to mean something about the quality of the product or service that's on offer. Yes. I remember a while back, I I stumbled across a coach's website and they were charging, I think it was £25 a session Mm. or for even more than one session. And my gut was just, that's beautiful that they want to serve from a place of really affordability. However, as a coach, I know that that's not sustainable. And number two, it doesn't speak to their experience that they had and it was really clear. And so I just think, don't price from a place of fear. I think even further that it can undermine the entire industry because it can make it very difficult for people to understand, people who are just new to coaching and haven't haven't worked with a coach before, understand the difference between those two people and the two prices and it can make your prices seem unreasonable instead of making theirs seem unreasonably low. Yeah, and it's just, we only have a price in that way from a place of fear. Fear that we're not good enough, fear from like that there's not enough customers to go around. And I think if you can get into that abundance mindset that there is more than enough customers and that you have permission to build a sustainable business, that's a big shift to get to. And just and I also would say if you're if you're feeling really afraid, ask yourself, how would my life be different if I made enough money? And just sit in that because maybe it's that I, I'm going to make some assumptions here. Say you have kids and you making more money means that you're going to be less stressed and have more free time to spend with them. Maybe you've got a parent who you want to spend more time with or someone you want to support or charities you want to support or 
trip you want to go on. It doesn't all have to be such, maybe you just want to be able to buy yourself nice damn clothes, like whatever it is. Making more money is not dirty. It's not greedy. It's it's just, we, we live in a capitalist society. We do. And if you're running a business, you've already made a commitment to providing for yourself. So why not do that to the best of your potential? We should temper this though and say this is not a justification for charging more than you're worth or for overcharging. And I think we all have an inherent sense of where we are in our journey as a professional or as a maker or whatever it is we're offering. And if you know that you're actually still at a beginning stage and you feel like you need to offer slightly lower prices to reflect the quality of your work, that's also a really wise and important thing to look into. Yeah, I mean, that's where I did when I started off. I was 22. I was just getting started. Like I, I, I'm so glad I charged less when I got started because now I charge more with confidence and with hundreds of clients in my experience so it's just it's okay to start small but this letter has been doing this for three years now. exactly because what tends to happen is expectations are set in line with price also other things in your marketing and and how you communicate your mm-hmm. offer is obviously in there but you will find if people pay more money they have higher expectations of what they're going to receive if they pay less money they rightfully have lower expectations so you need to price yourself i think in regards to that if you are delivering a top quality product every single time your packaging is beautiful your feedback is always golden then you should be charging for all of those things because you will be doing a disservice to yourself and to your customers if you're not yeah and I think that fear of what people will think I think it's trusting you I mean you wrote in this letter I have a small but really supportive community those people aren't going to turn on you no and think who the fuck does this woman think a person think they are I think you can communicate so well to your community as well the reason for price changes it's this thing as well where we're scared to talk about money people say it's crass to talk about money mm-hmm. and pricing actually I think it's a really important conversation to have and a post on Instagram for example where you opened up as a maker and said I've had a really long hard look at my business lately and actually I'm not making the money I need to make I'm gonna have to make some really scary changes to my pricing have you guys ever had to do this what do you think about it get ready for that to be one of your most commented on and engaged with posts you've ever shared because that is a universal struggle and people will engage and talk to you about that and they're rooting for you absolutely I think that's the thing to remember is like no one's sitting there waiting for you to like mess up they want the best for you and I think the thing I've had to work on over the past few years is just really knowing my own worth in the sense of like I am allowed to charge for what I deliver and I think that's a bigger journey than this podcast episode could help this person go through and everyone else listening who can relate and I just think it's okay if you're in the middle of that journey it's okay if you're if it's a fluid journey yeah sometimes I feel great sometimes I feel like a piece of shit so I think it's just it's okay for it to be very up and down but I think it's engaging in our relationship with our own money stories figure out what did my childhood teach me about money what were my what the my adulthood so far taught me about money what are the the stories that are coming at me from other people about money how do I judge other people what, what do I do how mm. do I feel when I see someone else raise their prices and just figure that out because ultimately you're going to still create new products and still have to price them this is a bigger issue than just changing your current pricing this is changing your relationship with money and money in your business I actually have a Pinterest board called Know Your Worth where I collect quotes that have helped me with this and it's been something I've been running for years now and it really has helped me there's been little things on there I've used as as, almost as mantras because what happens when you don't know your worth is now and again you're going to be taken advantage of and you'll know it when it happens or you'll know it straight afterwards and it feels disgusting and you learn from it and what 
the reality of it is, is if you don't know your own worth, you can't communicate that to anybody else. So we have to be really strong and understand the value of what it is we do and not really question it too hard. Yeah. And just trust it. I also think you have to be okay if some people not being able to afford you. Yeah. Like, for example, like I, I know that not everyone, majority of people might not be able to afford me who are in my community, but I create content for them that I hope can support them. I did this podcast with Sarah. I feel really at peace with that because I feel like I give so much, I give as much as I can away for free. Exactly. And I do exactly the same. I offer, I also offer free places to charities on my classes and I also offer discounts sometimes for key workers. So there's all these things that we can do when we're making more money to make sure that we're giving still an equitable offer that people can still access from all different income points. But the answer is not for you to be poorer to make that happen. You are able to better serve more people by pricing accurately for what you're worth and then making those decisions yourself. Yeah. And kind of being okay with if some people have to walk away. Yeah. It's not. How many times have you walked away from something that you couldn't afford? Let's take Dyson Hoovers, for example. Say you want that Dyson Hoover, but you just don't have £300 sitting around right now. You're not going to walk away from the shop and be like, screw you, Dyson, for being so expensive. (laughs) I hate them. I'm going to troll them on social media. You're going to be like, it's really funny, actually. So me and my husband got married last year and we hired a celebrant because we had a legal ceremony in the UK and then we had a ceremony abroad. And the the celebrant was about £500. And my dad, when we told him how much you paid, he was like, oh, my God. He was like, £500 for 20 minutes of work. And I said to him, I said, Dad, the thing is, this is what that woman valued her work as. And I had the choice whether to invest in that or not. And it felt like a good purchase to me. And I'm going to respect what she values her work as. I'm not going to, it's not my place to judge it. And so I think don't underestimate consumers' respect for you and your work and I think if you stand tall with your pricing no one's going to come at you and be like who the hell do you think you are totally some people might they're not your people they were never going to buy from you anyway if they weren't happy with a new price those are not your people and ultimately like it sounds like you have a small handmade business here you know you're making products that that you love it sounds like possibly you're a creative who started this just for joy and now it's turned into a business it's not like you are selling these things from your yacht in the middle of the (laughs) Caribbean and people are going to look at you and think you're living the high life and by putting your prices up you're exploiting people all you're doing is trying to make a sustainable business so that you can carry on offering these beautiful things for people to have in their homes or to use in their lives for the foreseeable future yeah and I just I would just like everyone is going through this I don't know anybody who's not battling with pricing and I think it's such an ongoing journey and I think and I also I know me and Sarah we when we see it for other people and we just think oh my god that person could should charge so much more than that like giving I guess this is just an encouragement to anybody listening is like don't be afraid to talk about money like I can't tell you how scary it is sometimes to sit down with a friend and be like well how how much do you charge for this or how much do you make and just or to tell them something but magical things happen from those conversations and don't assume when you see other people's prices online that you know their full story mm-hmm. this is another thing it's really common with Etsy sellers actually they will type in the equivalent of what they're selling look at what other people are charging and charge an average and that's their price structure strategy you don't know if that other person is making a profit you don't know if their husband works at the factory where they get their supplies from so they're getting them at cost price or below you don't know if they're supported by their family and this is just a hobby business you don't know if they're terrible at business and they're making a stonking loss every time they make a sale and just haven't noticed so pricing your work based on what other people charge is never a good idea it's never as informed a decision as it might feel like it's always better to start from your own cost your overheads your worth your time and what you need to charge to make that all worthwhile yeah completely and I think that feeds into like 
other industries like service-based industries and courses like how many people see that a course is charged 97 pounds and everyone charges a 97 pound <laughs> yeah. course and it just becomes an echo chamber and also if you're charging the same as everybody else you're lumped in with everybody else you don't want to be the same as everybody else absolutely yeah this is such a messy topic that we cannot cover in this I think I think it's also because everyone's at a different stage in their money journey. And I, I would also say, I have a big belief that our business has to feel like home and our pricing is a big part of that. And what I mean by that is you don't want to do anything that stops your business feeling like something you're proud of because we all have different money philosophies in terms of where we want to come in at the market and how accessible we want our products and services to be. And yes, it has to make business sense. And I think the business has to be at the forefront of the decision-making process because it's a business at the end of the day, but your business has still got to feel like home. And what I mean by that is that there's not a clear-cut way of doing that, but be in conversation with yourself around what feels good, how you can still feel proud and have integrity in your business. But there may also be a level of adapting your mindset to taking up the space you need to take up to go to that next level in your business. Absolutely. And and it's something I don't think you ever quite get past. I, like you, I still hit these barriers where I think, well, no, I'm earning more than enough now. Mm-hmm. This is my limit. I shouldn't be earning anymore. I don't deserve to earn anymore. But that can stop us from pushing forward in our business to create things that are helpful to people in different ways or to creating products or services that push us to do different things. And all we end up doing is holding ourselves back, not just financially, but creatively as well. Yeah. Okay, my biggest advice as we wrap up to this letter writer would be to the first things first, get really clear on what you actually need financially. So be, and it's so funny, I've never found this bit hard. I like getting clear on numbers. I see so many of my clients struggle so much with this exercise and I so understand it and I so just feel for them. But I will tell you when they sit down and do this exercise, this is where the change happens in so many different areas of their business. So sit down and figure out how much do you actually need to earn a year for your business to be truly sustainable. And don't be afraid to have two numbers, a core number and a stretch number. So your core number is, this is how much you need to run the business, to sustain your life, to have enough, you know, for some savings or some retirement investment. And then your stretch number is the dream. Don't be afraid to dream if that helps because you don't want to stop at your core number in the long run. There's more room to go, but get really clear on how much money you want to need to be making because that there, you have to make all your decisions in honor of that now. You don't get to price your products if it doesn't serve that because you are just working yourself into a hole that you won't ever be able to crawl out of. And then second, get clear on your numbers and then get really clear, specifically because you're a maker, on your profit margins on your products and the realities of this. And don't be afraid to make some tough decisions if you need to for this business to be sustainable in the long run. That's perfect. And that's so practical. So to add to that kind of slightly more mental work that you might need to work through is get really clear about the value of what it is you offer. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, it was like Jen was mentioning earlier, a weaving to hang on your wall that is more than the value of the thing arriving in the post and yes. then sticking it on the wall it's something someone's going to look at every day for maybe the next 10 years bring them so much joy it's going to bring them joy it's going to uplift them it's going to make them feel like they're the kind of person they want to be it's going to brighten up their room and their day and also the value you bring to that so how many years of experience how long did it take you to learn how to make these things mm-hmm. how carefully have you chosen the materials how many times did you have to go wrong how much wool did you waste on the ones that went wrong you have to price for all of that in there as well and really come to see the value that you offer beyond just the here and now exchange of one product to one person to another. Yeah. And maybe a question, it's scary. You've got to be brave enough to give yourself the true answer here. But like, what would feel really good to charge for this product? 
just see what comes to the surface there because I've, it's funny it sounds like this is a simple question but I see for my clients they sometimes surprise themselves with their answers so I wonder if this letter writer would too. I think as well once we get really clear about the value of what we do it's much easier to communicate that to our buyers yes. or to our audience and therefore it's much easier to justify that dream price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would also say this is going way too deep so we're not going to go in this too much I'm just going to leave this as a leaving thought to ponder on. Do we have to justify our pricing in the way that we think we do because is that a helpful way to look at it that's what I wonder sometimes like it's pricing is it more personal than we think it is is it more subjective than we think it is mm. I'm like, think of an iPhone we've all read the articles about how much it actually costs to make an iPhone yet we're paying 600 pounds for one and I don't have any qualms on buying myself an iPhone when I need to get a new one it doesn't feel like a waste of money no but if they had to justify that price they'd be laughed out the room this is a really good point and and it's something that we accept so much more easily in other people's businesses than we do in our own. And I think it's also something we accept much more easily from big business and than men. we do from small. Yeah, that's so true. We're much more comfortable with faceless white men in America making yeah, yeah. an awful lot of money in business than we are with women, especially, and especially women of color making money yeah, yeah. on their own terms in their small businesses. And there's a lot of questions we can ask ourselves around why. Yeah, just think on a day, like you go to Starbucks and you pay, what, £3.50 for a flat white? How much do you think it really cost them to make that flat white? We're not we're not asking them to justify their pricing to us. So I would encourage people listening. Yes, there's a level of having integrity in your pricing. You shouldn't charge a crap ton of money if you're just getting started as a website designer or a coach or whatever. I mean, you can if you want to, but I think the question is always, are you doing this from a place of integrity? But I think instead of justification, what about if you think of it from a place of what would feel good, what would make sense, what would make this business feel like home to me? This business feel like something I can be proud of and this business that is something that is sustainable. And I think the best kind of pricing feels good for you and it feels good for the customer. Totally agree. I would love to hear from our listeners about this. Yeah, no, use the hashtag dear hopeful creative. I mean, everyone's got a money story when it comes to their business. Absolutely. And also from both sides, we've all been customers and most of us have been sellers whether it's just as an ebay seller or as a business ourselves yeah so please head over to social media and let us know what you think and what you would advise this letter writer to do as well thank you so much for listening guys i hope this has been helpful for you yeah we'll see you again next monday you can join us at letters from a hopeful and on social media so on instagram i'm at me and orla and you'll find me at jen carrington underscore we're going to be sharing new episodes every monday so if you've liked what you've heard so far hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show yeah and we can't wait to connect with you soon